good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for April 3rd, 2016. Koyo Kubose here. We're very glad you joined us. April, well, it's warming up and I'm working outdoors much more now. Uh, being a city boy, uh, I really didn't work on the land so much. But since we have five acres here, and it's a very wooded lot, not at all landscaped, there's a lot of trees, a lot of brush, and it's, um, you know, the lower branches of trees die because they're they don't get much sun, so the dead branches have to be uh, cleared away. And I was surprised every year how many trees go down. You know, um, some of them are big trees. We said, whoa, or or big branches came down. Whoa, and um, Oh, and I didn't realize, for example, that fire is a, such a personal aspect in the sense that there's a regulation from the Cal Fire that every homeowner has to clear, uh, so what was it, uh, 100 feet from one's home outward keep that perimeter clear of bushes and things like that uh, so that uh, in case of a fire, uh, it won't come fire as it's wildfire spreads. It won't get so close to the house. And I guess the one of the incentives is, I don't know if it's true or not, but they say if a fire department has a choice when they come and see uh, two houses being threatened by fires. The one that has a cleaner perimeter, uh, they'll do extra hard to save that one rather than the other one where the homeowner didn't follow the regulation. I didn't know that there was such a thing as a burn permit. A burn permit is during the uh, burn season, which is Winter time, which is the the rainy season here in California, uh, you cannot burn brush in the summertime when it's hot and dry. It's too dangerous. And plus, you have to go to the local fire department and get a burn permit, which lasts a couple of years. And um, this is their way of trying to tell you and educate you and so forth. So we have a burn permit, and then they have a special uh, recorded message that you call a number to find out whether during the burn season, whether that particular day is a burn day. And uh, this differs for different counties. Call and you listen for your county and at what altitude. Um, you know, maybe there's a, it's a burn day 
below 5,000 feet or something like this. Um, so if you want, if you have a lot of pile-up brush and you want to burn it, then you have to call the number and find out if it's a burn day and so forth. So this is very new. Never had to do anything like that. And uh, this is part of working outdoors. Uh, in addition, of course, to the to the gardening and so forth. Um, but there's so much <laughs> and brush and dead branches that uh, during the time when unemployment was a big topic, the rising unemployment rate, sometimes we joke and say, Boy, you know, I'm I, I have job security here. <laughs> There's so much I'll never see. I always have something to do, and I used to, when I was younger, run or jog for exercise. But now I work outdoors, and I always think of a little sort of a, a nugget phrase that I overheard my father. We were at some public function someplace, and. And there was a elderly lady, stranger, and she struck up a conversation with my father. And he was in his uh, 90s at the time. And when she found out how old he was, she said, wow, you're in, you know, because he, he was always in good shape. He didn't look his age. And she said, what's the secret to longevity? And he didn't say anything and saying, asking. And then she said, do you exercise? And so finally he said, I don't exercise, I work. So <laughs> sometimes I think about this when I, since I'm not doing any formal exercise anymore in terms of, you know, running or anything, uh, working outdoors at my age, I get tired right away and I, I rest and then I, you know, so I work up a sweat, you know, just, just, uh, Picking up things off the ground or straightening up uh, is work. And but being outdoors too, I feel so thankful that with our move to California and everything, we're really outdoors in nature a lot more, and it's really good therapy. <laughs> I I always used to tell people too. I knew this from a long time ago, especially for city people. If you, if you, it's good therapy to get to go out into what they call the great outdoors. It gives you very narrow, cramped self concerns, and you know, uh, you see the wide sky. You see, you get the wider perspective. And I was just reading. One of our um, LM9 group, they meet on Sundays, and they're reading Everyday Suchness, and I'm reading a report, and the one is about um, freedom. Uh, one of the articles is about freedom. Buddhism is all about freedom, uh, and it has to do with uh, accepting things and so forth. And one person wrote a nice paragraph relating this to nature. And so I thought I'd, I'd quote this. 
and it says this. I often wonder why we are so drawn to nature. Perhaps it's because nature is one of the only places we can go where we can experience freedom, true freedom. Everything in nature is completely free. Trees are just trees. Flowers are just flowers. There's no pretending. Furthermore, none of the things in nature expect anything of us. Nature just allows us to just be who and what we are. I think it's this sense of utter freedom that we experience in nature that draws us to her. I think the ultimate form of freedom that we can offer to ourselves and to others is the freedom to just be without any expectations, conditions, agendas, and etc. I never really thought about it like that, but I think that's true. Go out and nature just is, allows you to just be, you know, and there is that sense of just being yourself. Well, okay, today I'd like to introduce the guest to give us a Dharma glimpse. His name is Dave Joyo. He was part of the LM4 group, which received their uh, lay ministry induction in spring of um, 2011, I guess. Okay. He lives in Wisconsin. And let's hear from Dave Joyo. Good morning. My Dharma glimpse um, is concerning water. And that's the title of my Dharma glimpse, water. Uh, For some time now, I've been thinking about water and how it feels on my skin when I dive into a pool that anticipation of the initial coolness and tingling and then replaced by that feeling as it flows all over my body. It's very refreshing. Buddhism has many water references and I'd like to share something today from the author David Riley. He's got a website called The Endless Further and it's titled Be Like Water. Bruce, Bruce Lee used to say Be like water. Water has form, and yet it has no form. And he meant to be able to adapt like water, which will take the shape of anything which it is placed. In the Tao Te Ching, it it reads, Nothing in the world is as soft and yielding as water, yet nothing can better overcome the hard and strong. Flowing water goes over and around stones in its path, Eventually, it can erode the stones. Flowing water means movement. It transforms the heart. When you are like flowing water, you adjust to obstacles. You go around or over them. With patience, you can erode them. Like flowing water, keep going and move in a forward direction. Life requires faith like this, to be like water. There are times when flowing water meets turbulence, but after the rapids, there is a return to a calmer flow. Still water represents the tranquil mind, peacefulness. The abandonment of attachments and desires, the white water in our lives. Whether still 
or flowing. Water is always adaptable and able to conform to the shape of anything it meets. Again, from the Tao Te Ching, it says, The best of man is like water, which benefits all things and does not content with them, which flows in places that others disdain, where it is harmony with the way. So the sage lives within nature, thinks within the deep, gives within impartiality, speaks within trust, governs within order, crafts within ability, acts within opportunity. He does not contend, and none contend against him. Be like water. Thank you very much. Yeah, water really is written a lot about and can really inspire us. Uh, not just the qualities of water, of being like water. Um, I like the idea of flowing water that was mentioned, where like a river, the water, when it hits an obstacle, it flows right around it. And we could see this uh, example when there's a, an object floating in the water like um, a leaf or something. Otherwise, you, you might not notice how the current goes around an obstacle. When a leaf is there, okay, uh, we see it go right around the obstacle rather than hit it and just keep pounding away stubbornly <laughs> like we humans do when we run into an obstacle. Who put this there and blah, blah, blah. Okay, just go around it. That's a that's that's a form of the teaching of going. Keep flowing, particularly since reality is a dynamic flow. So you have to go with that flow. Um, I also, as I was listening, thought about my own associations, teachings to water, and one was about anger, uh, the difference between, uh, well, how we could say an enlightened person, an ordinary person, uh, with regard to anger is whether they can let it go, or whether they hang on to it, and it becomes like a resentment, you know, and it really, they say things, there's some wise folk sayings like um, anger is like cutting off your nose to spite your face or burning down your house to get rid of a rat when you hate somebody. It hurts the hater more than the object or person you know, of hate. So the, I don't know where I heard this, but it was like uh, anger is like in terms of whether you could let it go or not. And the parallel metaphor was when you write down something, okay, how long does that writing last? Angry words. Okay. And for an ordinary person some, that, that hangs on to his anger, it's like writing down the anger on a rock 
etching it in there. It's going to last a long time if you write it on rock. Much better if you could write it on the sand, like at a beach. It'll last a little while, but through the wind or the water, it will not last as long as something etched in rock. But the wise man, it says, writes on water itself. (laughs) It goes away right away. Um, I also thought about in how in California with the drought, just the sheer value of water as a as a natural resource. Boy, we better not take it for granted. With pollution and everything, they say water is going to be the new oil. It's going to be a precious thing. I think about. I know a lot of people they they don't they try to make it a practice to even when they drink a glass of water they're being mindful about it and maybe they raise the glass and they think about hey water's necessary for life for health another person said you know where life began in in the water even the evolution of of life on earth. Water is necessary for life. And maybe uh, baptism in Christianity when to be reborn. They submerge in water. Um, babies are born from a, a liquid environment. They, you know, into the air come out to the air and so water is connected with the beginning of life or being reborn so in a sense whenever we take a shower somebody would say I feel reborn all clean, new we could, some people as a morning practice when they splash water on their face first thing in the morning yeah and they they think about this teaching. Um, so there's a lot of ways that water indeed can be a tremendous teaching. Okay. Uh, that's all for today's broadcast, and I don't want to forget to do the puns. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of them today. That has to do with signs, funny signs that you could see. And a sign on a plumber's truck says, we repair what your husband fixed. And here's another one that's neat, an optometrist's office. If you don't see what you're looking for, you've come to the right place. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going. And you have a 